Hello and welcome to another episode of Unchurched Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and I have the same group of friends as last episode. Um, I have with me, please, guys, share, um, tell, tell us who you are. Hi, my name is Emeka, I'm an I from Brooklyn. Uh, hey, family, uh, Marcellus uh, C. Taylor from Harrisburg. Hi, my name is Ron Valentin. Yeah, guys, uh, you're going to have to bear with us a little bit. You know, it might be a little bit awkward and pauses. We can't really see each other. We're, we're safely, you know, um, social distancing and, and, and being safe. So right now we are remotely doing this podcast, but we're going to make it work out. We're going to get it. But um, anyway, fellas, man, how... <laughs> 2020, you know, what was that? Oh, man. Man. 2020, yeah. That that year, that was a year. Yeah. And I'm happy it ended. Yeah, very happy it ended. Uh, We really want to put it in our back review mirror. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, wow. Like uh, like everyone said, man, bros, y'all on point. I, I think the best way I can describe 2020 is like I could now understand why, like our ancestors, and by ancestors I mean people, like you know, just like who, you know, who who have already died, but not like two hundred years ago, but like even during like the civil rights era, like they were just happy that some things came to an end, right? And I think in our lifetime, we've had some bad years. It might have been the loss of family and loved ones, but like that was a year. I think collectively, I think that that's what made the year so interesting is that we all had something in common, right? <laughs> like, no matter where you yeah. live at, there was a lot of things. No matter where you worked at, there was just a different way we all had to be. And so mm-hmm. I think that that, so, so in one instance, I, I'm going to go against the grain. It's like, yeah, I'm happy that year's over. But on another instance, like, I think it kind of unified, especially like believers, right? Like, it unified us to pray. Like, I don't know no church yeah. that didn't pray about something related to COVID, right? Like, COVID mm-hmm. gave us... Uh, COVID pushed us to prayer, right? Like COVID like made us look at and value life, right? Like, I'm just gonna be honest. Like I didn't, I, I take life seriously, but like, I really take life seriously now. It's like, Lord, you have us here. And sometimes I don't understand, you know, some things, but it's like, wow, it could be gone in a moment. And, um, you know, that's indicative to even today, a good entrepreneur friend of my wife and I's, you know, he founded one of the thriving black restaurants in philly uh kevin uh he died he started this restaurant called miss tootsies it's famous in philly um and he died yeah. man. and so it's just like wow life is but 2020 told me how to value life man yeah wow. i think i think like you were saying that was what really made it unique I think it was everyone and not just in a single state not in a region not even this nation. I mean, worldwide, everybody was experiencing the same thing. And, you know, even just the fragility of life, you know, like when we have, when we lose a loved one, it's, 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 it's one thing, but like there were deaths every single day. And I know early on, it was kind of like, oh, you know, it's bad, but no one that I knew, A, had it or B, um, was like, you know, died from it. 
But, you know, as time went on, that was the case. And it became a very regular part of, of, of our life in 2020. So it was really crazy. And, you know, just kind of look back over some of the things that occurred. I comprised a list of what I thought was 20 things, but it looks like somehow in me editing things, I dropped one of them, but I'll read them anyway. Um, one, celebrity deaths due to, you know, tragedies and or, um, well, no, actually this list is, is, is just um, tragedies that occurred. Um, three of the ones that I think were most significant to me were Kobe, um, Ravi Zacharias, and Chadwick Boseman. Um, natural disasters. We had forest fires in California and Australia and everything was just craziness. Um, police killing, you know, black men. It, it felt like left and right in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, murder hornets, locusts in Africa, COVID-19 and the pandemic. Um, let's see, we got, oh, the first <laughs> impeachment for Trump. <laughs> first. The planned storming of Area 51, the uh, rise of Bitcoin what? exponentially growing, um, the housing market frenzy. Um, oh, and then there was the you know pastors being exposed for infidelity. That was crazy. College Gate, College Gate was like Lori Lolan when they were you know kind of. Wait, that was 2022. <laughs> wow. I think yeah, it was. I think you're right. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> um, the border wall. The border wall. That, what more can I say? Um, then there was the, um, uh, I think one of the things you miss is uh, I, I, it's part of the police killing, but the biggest protest I think we've also seen in our lifetime, and it was a global protest of the the uh, killing of black men. I thought that was uh, during a pandemic, which also made it more even more significant that that many people showed up and came out to protest that. Right, right. And then um, there was, you know, Biden and Harris winning the election as the 46th uh, president and vice president. And um, <laughs> Trump impeached a second time. So, you know, that's, that's, that's 2021, isn't it? Yeah, it's 2021. Yeah, that's this year. I wanted to wrap it off with that because it was just, it, it felt like, it, you know, that you see that meme where it says like um, December 31st and then it has the time and then it's like, the year. <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> like, you know, it was a crazy year and a lot happened. Um, but of this list, you know, there were two things that I think really stood out to me the most and it really um it was really you know evident for the last four years but i think in the last year in 2020 it was it was it was very much pronounced like it was one of those things that you just it was on every news station it was on every you know news outlet um everyone was talking about it and you know Politics in general are things that we try to stay away from, um, whether you are a believer or not. But it just was everywhere, and everyone was talking about it. And you know, we were all very divided about it. So one of the things that you know stood out was 
Trump as our president, and then with all of these things that were going on uh, with, with COVID-19, how he handled that, um, with um, just the way that he behaves in general, um, and then, you know, couple that with the evangelicals' unquestioned support of him. And so, you know, I just kind of want to throw that out and, and discuss that a little bit. Like, what, what, what did you guys feel um, with all that was going on, how, you know, that, that was playing out? Um, I, I think with the in, in, in evangelicals um, supporting him, it just, it just reminded me of when Christ came and um, those who supposedly um, knew him did not recognize him or know him. Um, for me, I, I'm, ne- I'm neither Democrat or Republican. Right. I look at, when I look at an individual, I look at attributes, I look at um, character, um, and I just know this administration and, and some folks that were in power did not have the attributes of Christ, um, the you know, being kind, being uh, um, patience, showing mercy, um, so many different things. And I, it just, it bothers me that we have people that supposedly represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for some reason, we're blinded by our own um, greed or our own uh, purposes to crown someone as, you know, some crown him as the next coming, some um, stating that this is who God wanted um, in power, which in some sense, yes, but not in the way that they... um, uh, we're portraying it, um, and I I think it's very hypocritical. Hip- if I can't I can't even say the word, yeah, hypocritical that you know the last president got a lot of grief from those same even evangelicals when it should be it doesn't matter who's in power that you should be praying for that person you should be hopeful for that person and you should have the same mindset if you're truly a Christian to see God's purpose be revealed in them. But it was just a lot of, to me, it was just a lot of self-greed in the last four years. It was all about money. It was all about, um, you know, fake prophets coming out. That's all I saw. That's that's what my spirit felt and saw when, when some of these, even invent, I can't even say the word, yeah, evangelicals. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they spoke, I just, you know, I, I remember... Um, when I first came to Harrisburg, for example, and I, and I went, I was trying to find a church um, very similar to what I was used to in New York. And I've been in some churches where my spirit was like, you don't belong here because of the, just the word and, and the posture, the structures, they did not edify Christ, did not represent Christ. And my spirit did not feel comfortable in being in some of those churches. And that's kind of how I felt with this last administration and those that supported um, those uh, the agendas of men. I didn't see Christ's agendas or, or, or God's agendas. It was just agendas of men. And it was all about money and greed. That's, that's all I saw. And I thought it was an embarrassment for for those that call themselves Christians. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, uh, Ron, you, you make a great point, man. And I actually... 
just share with y'all um, an image from a local church. Marcus probably knows what church this is. Um, and the, the way we've tied our Christianity, a lot of evangelicals have tied their Christianity to, you know, Trumpism. And I just can't help but to think, like, I think that greater still, a lot of evangelicals, like, they, when Trump lost, it was the equivalent of how the first century believers might have felt when Jesus died. For him, he was their savior. And, you know, again, not to bash him, but this is proven fact. When we talk about pro-life, we, we have to, you know, couple that with, okay, well, how did he, did he, did he, you know, advocate for legislation that banned abortion? Well, well not really, right? Like, we know that the states did that. And I'm not trying to get political, but I guess I am. And then we talk about pro-life, but in six, he's executed more people at federal prison than the last six decades and his last six months of office starting in July and more recently yesterday, uh, two days ago, someone was, it was 13 people and it was a federal state order and presidents, all presidents kind of like, we're not going to do this, Republican and Democrat. And so when I heard this pro-life and I, I think that he campaigned on that and they bought that, but what about pro-character, right? And I heard a lot of people say, well, hey, Marcellus, I know he said, I know he, you know, he dated a porn star. I know he said he'll grab women by this and that. But you can't just look at his character. You got to look at his policies. And then I asked the question, like, Ron, I'm, I'm registered independent. Well, I'm asking the question, well, what are these policies that you talk about? Um, and they all look at me. Well, you know, our economy was good. Oh, OK. And so and I said that to say this and then I'm, I'm off this point. But I said that to say this is that we look at evangelicals seemingly pairing with Trump, I, I can't help but to believe that this is why we see the rise of people prophesying and they putting their prophecy on the same level as the word of God, which is monstrous <laughs> disastrous. So everybody's talking about money cometh, but nobody's talking about how joy cometh or patience cometh. And so I'm starting to see how economics have creeped in into our faith psyche and our faith system. And they see him as someone who's achieved, now albeit with several bankruptcies, but they see him as someone who's achieved. And so I'm going to hook my Christianity into this type of faith system because there's a lot of believers, I'm just going to, let's be honest, who buy into the word of faith type of belief that if I touch this car, I'm going to have it in five days. Yeah. 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 I'm done because I I can go on. <laughs> yeah, I had to show, cut my stuff short too because I managed to stay on that topic. <laughs> it's, it's, I, think, I think for me, and, and, and um, what I'll say is that, you know, as, as far as um, what I think about it, um, I think that, I th- and I think Ron said something, you know, um, to the effect of, um, God chose him. I do believe that God chose him, not for the reason that people tend to to think of. I mean, you know, God set people in place to shake things up. You know, we we always we always um, ask that God comes back, but forget what it looks like when He does, when He's moving. He 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 topples nations. You know, He creates destruction and he creates these things to happen um and i think that what happened is um 
just that. I think that, you know, the hearts of um, many people were exposed. And uh, Marcellus, I think we had this conversation a couple of weeks back, you know, we were talking about what this thing meant and, you know, what's the purpose. Mm-hmm. I share, you know, that God is exposing the hearts and, and, and really removing things. But you came from, you know, at it from another way and it said you're, that God is exposing their idols. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Really brought things, you know, in, into play. I do believe that, you know, God is in this um, and our posture shouldn't be fright. I mean, should we be cautious? Obviously, um, you know, Mecca, he went through it. Um, like he said in another episode, you know, he went through it and I remember talking to him and I was like, Lord, like I had to pray for him every day, the way that he sounded. Um, so it, it's nothing to be, you know, to take lightly, but we're not supposed to be in fear when these things happen. I mean, the word talks about it. So, you know, I think that it was very intentional that this happened. I think my question, though, is, you know, what do we do or how do we engage? And I'll say brothers, brothers and sisters, but who are, you know, still hold true to this Trump is our savior mentality. I think you kind of said it, Mark, is that God is shaking something to show the unstableness of men. And as that's happening, we are um, Christians, the, you know, who's trying to follow God to the best of our abilities are, are building something where those that are seeking for what, you know, true, those that are seeking for a rock can find um, comfort or can find love where, in the world right now where it's not really, you know, relevant or available. Um, I think God is building his people during this time. And this is one of the reasons why I, I believe, you know, that Marcellus said er, um, earlier about um, we've prayed more. It probably hasn't been a time in history where, you know, more people are praying about the same thing. We're seeking God more. We're seeking for answers. And at the same time, we're being built correctly in from from the inside out and um so those who are truly um in the in of the kingdom is seeking for you know guidance from the father we're being we're 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 where this this discernment comes whereas i think it's an issue of the heart and those that are um those that are supposedly in leadership or in power are being broken. I believe their 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 ministries um, will be broken because what's holding them is not God. What's holding them is not Christ, and it's it's all about that money, as I said. So I I, I think we you know we're being built to bring hope to those that lost hope in twenty twenty. Right. I right. think we are, we are to esteem each other and and find value in one another and and continue to build what what Christ is trying to build during this time. And Marcus, if I could just say real fast, like um, I totally agree with what Ron said. I think this reminds me of growing up. Like I remember my my pastor growing up, he would always quote 
Exodus 32 and 1, like when Moses went to the mountain and they got, they grew weary and, you know, waiting for him because he took so long. So they said, let's make our own gods, right? And I think as we wait for the Lord to move in our life, it's so easy to move idols in, in, in God's place. And I think that that's what Trump was. Like there was people hurting economically because of recession under the Bush administration. There were people who are unclear about their role, right? Like people say we're post-racial, but the truth is I think we're post-white and the nation is browning. Um, and there's a lot of people who are like, wait, 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 wait. Things are moving too fast or too slow. And so we're like, Lord, in the meantime, while I wait, I make an idol. And I think that's what humans <laughs> tend to do. That's really good. We we build, we make idols. And man, so yeah, I just think that the scripture is just like, it gives us so much insight. And that's why it's so powerful, man. And like, I love with uh, on our other episode, like, you know, Marcus, you talk about getting devoted into God. Like, I think that part of that devotion, right, is getting into scripture because his word will illuminate like what situation is going on. And as I'm sitting here, like I even feel kind of hypocritical because I'm looking like as I'm talking, I'm reflecting in my own life, like how I can make idols of things. And I don't even like right. all we know. And so I'm going to be quiet now because I'm like, Lord, you're doing something on me and in me right now. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that reminds me of, uh, can everyone hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. So that reminds me of Matthew chapter 11, hmm. where uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 11, where uh, John the Baptist uh, sends messengers from jail, from prison, and asks Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we're looking for, or should we look for another? Um, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been listening to a podcast by uh, Timothy Keller, I love where Tim he Keller. expounds on this. Oh, my gosh. Isn't he the best? Yes, he He's is. amazing. And, they, and evangelicals hate him. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> He must be doing something yep. good. <laughs> uh, so he breaks it down, and he he says that it's it's never a question of whether or not you're looking for Messiah. If Christ is not your Messiah, you will look for another. Wow! Wow! So when when you're looking at this man and you're saying that he's the Messiah, it's because you've placed him in that position and you've displaced who the real Messiah is. Um, I, I also like the other verse that comes to mind is I just looked these verses up by the way. So I don't want people thinking, oh, he's a walking concordance. <laughs> I've, I've left that title behind. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, Joshua, Joshua chapter five, verse, uh, verse 13 and 14, where Joshua turns around, he sees this man, and he's like, okay, I don't know who you are. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? The man's like, neither. I'm one of the captains of the the host, the army of the Lord. And that, to me, tells me that God has his own side. He's neither, you know, he's not a United States citizen. He is not a citizen of the European Union. He He is not Democratic. He is not Republican. He has his own. And because of that, it's it, it's not that we should say, you know, we are we are democratic. And because we are democratic, we will always vote Democrat. Or because we're Republican, we'll always vote Republican. Or to say that being Republican is the Lord's party because they hold on to their morals. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
None of them are. Right. Right. We must judge. We must, we must judge our decisions. We must judge them based on the word of God, based on our relationship with him. And you, you, you can't look at it and, and, and say like, God is with this one or God is with that one. Like, look at, look at the very material in them, pray about it, seek God's face concerning it, and then vote, make a decision. I, I, um, you know, God can use anyone. God can use anyone. He, he, he used Babylon. He used the Assyrians to attack his people, Israel. So those were, those, all the places that surrounded Israel, that hated Israel uh, in the Bible, none of them worshiped God. And because of that, like they all had, you know, bows, asteros, and everything else. God still used them to correct his people. God then said, you know, you guys continue to do this. I'm going to get a country from afar to come and get you. Or I'm going to get a country from even further away to do the same thing. Not one stone would be left on top of another. There was a king that um, God spoke through to tell the people of Israel to return home. So God can use anyone. I'm not going to stand here and say, like, Trump wasn't sent by God. Because he could have been sent by God to punish. That's the end of what I have to say. And, and Marcus, I know, I know we're moving, but I just want to say to all the listeners of the Unchurched podcast, like we're talking about Trump, but it is so critical and important that we don't make an idol out of the 46th president either, right? Because I hear people saying he's going to save us. There is only one savior. I'm about to run right. right here, right? And so, That's right. like, I think because we feel like Trump is the worst of things, I think that it's easy to build an idol and say, oh, I'm going to look to him. And we kind of bypass some other things like that. And so if you're listening to this, one, we love you. But, like, we can't build idols of any political leader. And that's for the progressive church or the conservative church. We ain't making mm-hmm. idols. Let, let God be God and every man be a liar. Right. He said, he said, I be lifted up. And I think what he was addressing in that scripture is like, yo, you got some idols that you lift up. But if you lift me up, then I'll do some work. I'll do your idols. Mm. move. They can't some what it says. You got idols with eyes you cannot see and mouths you Mm. cannot speak. Right. And so I think that like we just have to be ever careful. Marcellus has to be ever careful not to put these uh, people who are coming in the new administration in a category. Because like uh, Mecca just said, we can easily switch idols. (laughs) We like I don't like Trump, but then we replace him with another idol. Right. Spitting fire. What do you think? Because, you know, I think that a lot of this in terms of, you know, the the evangelicals prophesying that he would be the next, you know, um, president and even some of them going down and storming the, you know, the Capitol and and all of these things and the support of somebody who, who in many cases is, is 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 nearly bankrupt um i it feels like you know the church has a black eye and i don't know that that is the case i think that it's a matter of who people you know claim to be 
I, and I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, what do you think the move is for us to separate and be, you know, that body who accurately um, embodies who Christ is and what to do in the situation? Because I mean, this world is really dark right now. And we all know that you know Christ is the light. And so we should be in a position where we shine and others flock to us. So what do you think is the answer or our, uh, you know, our duty as believers um, with all of this going on? Uh, I'm going to say this because I like talking about them. Shut up real fast. I, I think, bro, man, you hit on something. I think we also, we just have to keep in mind, I'm going to just use a historical point because I know Ron and Mecca are just going to hit it out the park. Historically, there has since, since, since the Christian faith, we have to keep in mind in the 1600s when the first slave ships came to America, there was still a church who believed in the freedom of all men, while there also were church members who participated in slavery. And I, I say that just for historical note to say this is that no matter what, there's always going to be sides of the church, even in the Apostle Paul's day. Right, like in, in the Apostle Peter's day, that just going to do things slightly outside the will of God, and we just have to make sure that one we're in His will, but also that we're not like not we're not lowering Christ's ability to correct His church because He is the head, and and just like the actual body, and look, Mecca is a doctor of pharmacy, so he knows more about anatomy and all that than me. But if my memory serves me correct, is that. I think we are we we we're talking about how the body seems to be impaired, but we have to realize that the mind of the church, the head of the church, can never be impaired because he is without fail. Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's like that's good news, right? Like no matter what side, because there was a side of the church who had slaves, they would be singing "Amazing Grace" or or "He Who the Sun Sets Free Is Free Indeed," and then went out and beat their slave. But Christ still uh, was able to, to move us forward. And so I think that long as we keep in mind that Christ is the head of our church. And again, I hate to say it, as a pastor, I'll say this. I pray that if I ever get to a place where I believe that I'm the head and not Christ, um, that I will like Christ will swiftly remove me from his ministry and his work. Right. Because like he is the head of the church. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. so so it was something I, 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 you, you did steal the words right out of my mouth. I thought I had some like special fire, but apparently God speaks to all of us. Um, uh, listen to uh, Ravi, you know, good old Ravi uh, in the car. And he said that like, uh, you know, he, he's both an uh, apologist and an evangelist, right? make sure that he breaks it down and talks to like he answers people's questions but also answers the questioner so as to make sure that like he doesn't simply win the argument but he also wins his brother and <clears throat> or sister um and he says that like he gets the question of how can the church be the way it is now you know like you have people who have left the church and they have gone to yeah, agnosticism and or they believe that there is no God, um, those type of things. And they they cite the character and behavior of so many people in it. And he's he like they this was a question posed to him and he he Ravi said, um, 
you can't look at the church. You have to look at the person or the head, the 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 one who authors the church, because you'll like throughout history, you'll never see a time in which the church doesn't have a black eye. You know, right. you're it's it's constantly you know it's men essentially, and they're always going to fall short. And to that end, there was one other thing that uh, Tim Keller said. I just go back and forth between those two podcasts in my cars. It's really a time of worship. It's great. It's great. I wish I could share it with everyone, but, you know, it's my car. I'm alone, driving to and from work. But Timothy Keller, he said that if you don't, and I'm going to try and get this right, but if you don't really follow the word of God, if you don't submit to what the word of God says, then you will be submitting to something, just not what God says. You will be you you will be submitting to like the thought of the culture of the day. You will be doing things just like everyone else around you. You will be adopting that mentality. You won't have anything in place to help you differentiate and say this mentality is not of God or this mentality is something that exists today and now and won't be dated as time goes on. Hmm. So, <clears throat> so you're asking how we move forward. I, I think the way forward is what it's always been, which is to go back to God, which is to go back to the word and really go into it, read it, study it, love it. When you, when you do that, then that will help you strip away like the blinders in your eyes and see like the things that may sound right, that you're saying it may sound right, but they're ultimately not in line with the word and things that may change as time goes on. So you, you can then stand and, and record something saying, yeah, I am, you know, I am totally for abortion. Uh, people in this country need freedom, you know, to control their own bodies. Conception, I mean, like life starts at birth, that whole thing and everything. And then, and then years later, when we have like better technology to save a child uh, at the point of conception, we have all of these things in place. All of a sudden the rhetoric is changing. And people are saying that, you know, if you're pro-life, then you need to support this technology. You need to then consider that life starts at conception. And then you have these recordings that come out from the past where people are saying these things, who are Christians, who are believers, and these things don't line up with, just as an example, these things don't line up with uh, what's being said in the future. Whereas if you would have just quoted the Bible, if you would have just said what God wanted you to say, if you would have just stuck with him, Nothing. You would have not, you would have, there would, at no point, you would have at no point had to regret something that you said in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really liked what you said in terms of, you know, <clears throat> winning over a brother. And I think that that's, that's the answer in a lot of ways. You know, I think that it comes to prayer and just having these honest, dialogues that don't come with an agenda you know um it's something that i feel like god has been putting on my heart to reach out and you know not not everybody 
not to everybody, you know, when, when I feel unction to do so, but like to really get into the heart, like, why is this your position? And listen, if you voted for Trump, I have no, I take no issue with that. It's when, you know, you make the argument that he is this and this is why, but ignore all of the foul things that have happened, you know, under his watch. If, if, if his policies, you know, better align with where you are in life, cool. I have, I take no issue with that. But I think in terms of really bridging the gap and really getting to a place where we are more unified, no matter who we decide to vote for, um, I, I think it's really honest conversations, man. I think that it's honest conversations. And like you said, Mecca, getting in the word and really just, you know, having these conversations and putting things into proper perspective because, you know, this side of, of, of life, there's a lot of things that, that um, make our perspective unique. The way that we grew up, whether we had money or not, whether we're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever the case, there's a lot of things that shape those things, but behind all of those, those layers of, of, or, and filters of things that you know we we view life as there's a truth there are a lot of things that are true but the truth is that Christ is king like he is lord and his kingdom is over all he reigns forever so anything that i hold fast to has to be you know it it has to be lost i have to lose that i have to die to that i have to no longer prescribe to, you know, to um, subscribe to the, to those things that, you know, might pull me in a way that does not align with what the word says. And I honestly feel like, man, it, it might be a long journey. It might not, who knows, you know, God is able to do things in a snap of a finger. He also is one who will allow the process to happen over hundreds of years. So I think that it really just has to do with us as believers, you know, um, who are living accurately and I'm not you know this is no shade to anybody who you know is on the and I even hate to say on the other side but you know I think that we have to find a way to meet in the middle and have these civil conversations so that we can find and wrestle with what the truth is wrestle with you know what is most important so you know I think that that's that's kind of what my takeaway is yeah that's, that's very good Marcus um I, I I do believe that we um, Christians are to be the model of behavior. I think we we got to go back to, you know, that God gave us Christ as as His expression of love in human life, and I think we need to um, identify in our hearts. And I think it's an issue of the heart. What does that mean for us? And I think this year, yeah. um, as John, I think it's John 15, 13 says, um, greater love has no, um, what's the statement? Greater love has no man, man than this. this and man should lay down his life for his friends. That's correct. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, and I, I think that's that's where we start in 2021. What does that mean for us? Yeah. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, how do I? How do we, one walk that out? And I think that that yeah. that verse alone will give a lot of resolve to 
a lot of things that's happening in the world because it it really um it really puts a focus on commitment to loving your brother what does your loving your brother means though you know as marcus was saying none of us here cares who voted for who who voted for what um and just like I spoke for myself, it's, it's the attributes, it's the behaviors that I look at, at at a man when, you know, somebody's behaving one way. It's like somebody just stole something from a store and somebody on the outside saying, oh, that's the good guy. And, you know, when those kind of, um, uh, what would I say, when those those kind of things that are obvious to the eyes or obvious to the ear are happening and we pretty much are disagreeing, then we definitely need to have a, a conversation to understand where your heart is and where my heart is and, and find a resolution. And I think it takes grace and mercy. As, you know, God already shows us how to walk it out. And you got to have yeah. those, those, you know, attributes in your grace, mercy, love. And if you don't have them, you can't really have an honest conversation with somebody because, you know, you think you're always right. Or, you know, you think, you know, you're better than, than the other. And I think a lot of uh, what I saw in 2020 is people, you know, putting themselves first, um, not thinking of others, um, saying, you know, like they're the chosen one. When I think somebody in a position of not even knowing God, just saying, hey, God, you know, reveal yourself to me is in a better position than the person that's saying they're the chosen one. Because everything starts yeah. with God and, you know. Um, and and trying to walk walk this you know walk this life out walk this journey, and I think this year as I, I was saying we need to be ambassadors of Christ. We need to we need to um, I think everybody in this group just said it. De- um, devotions and you know learn a l- little bit more. Ask you know God more to reveal Himself to us. Um, one of the things as a child I've always realized that God is always speaking. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. always speaking. And the minute that you give him the time to just say, you know, have your way, Lord, he starts revealing a lot of things to you that he probably was, you know, trying to get your attention years ago that you never had the time to give him. But the minute you give him that time, uh, he immediately um, shows you where he was throughout your whole journey. <laughs> and, you know. And then your life starts changing. And, and I believe you can't be a Christian if, if change is not in your heart. You can't be the same person you were right. last year, this year. Because God is, is yeah. molding and change, changing you into something new. And that's where, you know, the solution is, is are, are you your brother's keeper? <laughs> you know, uh, I remember uh, very recently our pastor was teaching on something. And um, he, when um, um, Cain killed Abel first question that God asked him, where is your brother? So that statement is basically saying you are your brother's keeper because he knows where he is, but he's asking you, where's your brother? Do you know where your brother is? So in us, you know, this year being, you know, more committed into loving our brothers and sisters, dying to self, I think that's where, you know, we, we become more like Christ and, and less like, you know, the world. Yeah, I I really think that you were able to express it very well because I think at the end of the day, it's not so much doing anything to 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 stand out. You know, one of the things about truth is it has no adversary. 
there are lots of things that look like it. There are a lot of counterfeits, but you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing that stands up to it. And so really it's just about allowing God to use you in whatever role and whatever place he has you in and living accurately, you know, and even though, you know, he, he tells us to be perfect, it's not that we don't make mistakes, but it's that we don't stay in that place. It's that we, you know, that we, that we repent, that we, we, we learn, we grow, we mature, we, um, we're obedient and do what he asks. You know, so many times we're just so busy, I think in general, just doing things because we think that we're doing them for Christ. And, you know, one of the things that I don't want to do is be one of those people like in Matthew where he talks about, not all, you know, not every man that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom. Like mm. when you get into that, it's like speaking is one who he believes knows the Lord. You know what I mean? It's one who he, he cast out demons, you know, did all these things mm-hmm. in his name. And so it's really just a matter of being in the right at the right time doing the right things you know before the world that god receives glory and i think that that's really the answer man i think that just doing what god asks you to do hey listen guys you know thank you so much for joining us you know and and, and being a part of this it was a really good conversation so you know i um i thank you so much i think really you know the the takeaway from this is is, you know, just be in a place where we don't know too much. You know, we have to come to mass, even in maturity. You know, um, Paul was, was you know, if anybody had any reason to brag, it was him. And he had to be nothing so that God can show him who he is. He had a new identity. He had a new mission. He had a new purpose. And that's who we are. You know what I mean? We, we're people who are mature, but even if we know something, we know nothing. We are led by God. And so in that, I think that, you know, we went over our brothers and, and we show ourselves um, to be legitimate heirs to the king by looking like him, sounding like him, doing the works that he, that, you know, he tells us to do. So um, I think that that's really the takeaway. But, you know, thank you all so much for listening and um, stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.